0: Welcome to Mending Fences, a podcast about effective ways to communicate and live with differences. I'm Patrice Bremner.
1: And I'm Jen Hawthorne. We're both family law mediators and collaborative law attorneys, but our conversations go well beyond family law. We explore the personal, interpersonal, legal, and cultural impacts of conflict. Hi, and welcome back to Mending Fences. I'm Jen Hawthorne-Kelsey, and I am joined today by Patrice Brimner, as always. Hi, Patrice. Hi, Jen. Today, we are going to talk about something that I I think we've touched on in prior podcast episodes, but we've spent a ton of time talking to you about mediation and collaborative law, and really it's a spectrum of -of out-of-court process choices. So we want to focus today's conversation on what does it mean if you're hiring review counsel, and how is that different from settlement counsel? Because as you navigate this conflict resolution world, you're going to hear each of these terms, and they do have different meanings. Patrice, what does review counsel mean to you?
0: That's a really good question, Jen. And I think before I jump into a definition, I want to kind of highlight more of what you were saying in, in terms of the spectrum. So there are a lot of different ways that people can make really good use of legal counsel and stay out of court. Agreed. And some of it's going to fall into these definitions, but some of the sometimes these definitions can overlap and, and really be part of that spectrum. Yep. So I think it's just really good for people to know: like if you hire an attorney, it doesn't mean that you're amicable non-adversarial dispute resolution process is going to somehow blow up it just depends on who you hire and and how much you make clear to them what you want that's right so review counsel i do a lot of this kind of work and i actually really like it and and to me my definition may be different than yours or other people's but it's almost always in a setting where there's a mediation going on i'm not the mediator so my client is one of the spouses and they're attending mediation with someone else but they're working with me outside of that mediation and they can use me as much or as little as they want to but i'm there to help review with them their options review what they might be bringing up in mediation i might meet with them before the mediation begins to kind of review in a big overarching way, like how the law might apply to their situation and help them get kind of a context, a legal context for the conversations they're going to be having. They might contact me off and on throughout the mediation as things come up that they want to understand more about from their individual perspective. Or I might not hear from them for months and months and months and they might come back to me at the end and say, we're done and we've reached an agreement and I want you to read it before I sign it. And I think sometimes when people use the term review counsel, that's what they're talking about is that at the end, having the documents reviewed, which is really important. And when I work as a mediator, I really almost insist that my clients hire at least at a bare minimum counsel to review the document before they sign it. So when when you say review counsel, what do you mean? So when I say review counsel,
1: I I use that almost interchangeably, although I agree with that distinction at the end. Um, But I use it almost interchangeably with like the idea of mediation coaching from a legal perspective. Mm. So as my clients are going through mediation with somebody else, they hire me on a limited representation basis, which is a term that to the court means that the attorney is working with them just on specific pieces of a case. And so my limited representation is is just saying, my work is out of court. If for some reason you end up in court, that's most likely not going to include me. And if it does, then we're going to talk about it and re-execute another agreement. So an agreement between you you and the client, right? Right. So that would be right. Yes, that is exactly what I mean. Okay. Um, And apologies to listeners if that's confusing. (laughs) But I mean exactly what Patrice described as review counsel. So when I am review counsel or a mediation coach, whichever you want to think of it, as someone's going through mediation, there is no one specific way that looks. It is really specific to my client. For some clients, I've met with them before and after every mediation session to sort of prep for it, debrief from it. And then we keep going and ultimately I review the separation agreement or even sometimes if their mediator's not an attorney, it might look like drafting from a memorandum of understanding to a separation agreement and and making sure that they have that document that they need to go to court. It also has looked like someone will have a 15-minute call with me and I don't hear for them again for, you know, six, nine months, 12 months, sometimes it's been over a year. And during that time, they've been really working hard with their mediator and their spouse to come up with an agreement. And they're saying, okay, we have this document that I think is ready to go. I need you to look at it. Usually I also ask for financial statements at the time I'm looking at the separation agreement because while I'll review an agreement without it and read it and tell them my thoughts, it also has to have a, a big asterisk saying, like, I don't have all of the information to really give you a full yeah. opinion.
0: I yeah, I insist that I have that. I, yeah. I so I wait until all of that's available. And, and the reason being is that I want to look at what the judge is gonna look yeah. at. So I want the full package. And yep. and I don't need all the other filing documents, yep. but I want the separation agreement, each spouse's financial statement, any child support worksheets, if there are yep. any. Um, and and I want to see exactly what the court is going to yep. be looking at um, and so that I can give them that level of feedback. Right, that is always my
1: preference too. I have worked with clients before, and I'm curious if this has happened to you, where they come in and want that review counsel, and what it actually ends up being is that I've answered their legal opinion questions throughout the process, but I never see the full agreement. Because for whatever reason, they're confident by the time they have an agreement and they actually don't use me for review counsel, which is why I, from my perspective, it sort of bleeds together with mediation coaching because it can be one or both.
0: Um, I don't know if I have ever had that. I honestly, yeah, I can't think off the top of my head of a time where I didn't end up reviewing a final agreement. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of one. Hmm. So what about
1: settlement settlement
0: counsel? counsel? How is that different than review counsel from your perspective? So
1: from my perspective, what makes settlement counsel different is at least initially folks aren't in mediation. And so what ends up happening is a client will come to me and say, I'm not sure mediation or even collaborative is the right fit, but I also don't want to jump right to litigation. What else are my other options? And I'll explain that what I can do as a lawyer is help them to negotiate the terms of that agreement. And sometimes what that looks like, it really depends from my perspective on whether the other spouse is represented or not. Sometimes when I'm settlement counsel, if the other spouse has an attorney too, I'm reaching out right away to the other spouse's attorney and saying, hey, this is what my client's telling me about process. Are you open to working together out of court to have this conversation? And what, depending on who the other attorney is and their openness to that, it can look very different. Sometimes it looks like, and the way I describe it to all of my clients, is it can look really a lot like what you see in the media, where I'm talking to my client, the other attorney is talking to their client, and as attorneys, we're talking to each other and sort of starting to come up with the terms of of that agreement, or If the attorney on the other side is also a collaborative attorney, and for some reason, just the full collaborative process isn't the right fit for our clients, it might look very much like the collaborative process, just completely without a coach and without that same process agreement, but it might include a lot of four-way sit-downs. And talking through the agreement and problem solving together and interspace conversations and all of that. So it really depends on who the two professionals are, what that might look like. But from my perspective, the big difference is that when someone hires me as settlement counsel, I'm taking a bigger lead in how that process is happening and making sure that there's forward motion. And when someone hires me as review counsel, I'm really just sort of sitting in the background waiting for my clients to come to me. And it is true that they can bleed into each other.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so settlement counsel, for me, I might, I don't know if I, I think I might not say exactly what you just said about, I don't think I automatically take a bigger lead because I think it just depends on the situation because I've had cases where I was, I don't know what I'd call it. <laughs> maybe I would be settlement counsel, but the clients were talking to each other. Yes, I've had and maybe the other spouse doesn't have an attorney. So all the conversations are happening spouse to spouse. But my client's coming back to me saying, okay, we've agreed on this part. And we're here's where we are now. And I've had a lot of these cases where I've taken the lead in drafting. Yes. And so we might draft an outline or start to draft parts of a separation agreement for my client to take back to their spouse to discuss. And that the other spouse might end up hiring an attorney at some point or not, but it gives people the ability to work informally with each other and really do it at the kitchen table. And I can't represent both of them, obviously. I can only represent one person, but at least my client has the benefit of, counsel and advice along the way um, so I can be doing the reality check type conversation. It's right. like, that's exactly. great that you've come up with a parenting plan, but the court also will need these details yes. or, or whatever as they're going along. So it's not, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why people might do it this right. way, right? Maybe they, Maybe one of the spouses is really ready to move forward to divorce and the other person isn't, they're not agreeing to go to mediation. They don't right. want to engage in that kind of a process, right. but they'll have these kinds of conversations. And I mean, I've had cases like this, Jen, where I've never talked to the other spouse.
1: I don't know that i I probably have had, I can think of one actually, now that I'm really processing clients, where my client came to me and said, my spouse won't engage in mediation. They'll have limited conversations with me about settling but I don't want to go to court. And you're right, that does look different than even what I described as settlement counsel. Because often in those cases, it starts with a conversation between me and my client of what are my client's goals, interests, needs, and where in the process do they want to start? Because I have had cases where I initially draft a separation agreement based on my client's terms. Mm -hmm. And then they share that with their spouse sometimes i have shared that with their spouse who's unrepresented so it really is a it's an individual very flexible
0: right it's flexible and it's crafted to meet the client's needs right so all of these i mean whether we're talking about review counsel or settlement counsel they're terms that we use hopefully to be helpful because they're descriptive but they're not limited right you know they're they're not really as concrete as they sound, right? right so and I think that's the takeaway is there are a lot of ways to engage an attorney um, if you've hired someone that you're a good fit with who understands that your desire is to remain non-adversarial and to peacefully as much as possible go through this process there are lots of ways to use attorneys to get there and that's two of them, right but they do, they do overlap a lot, or they yes, can. And they you can. can start as you can start. I can start a case as review counsel right. and end up becoming settlement counsel, right? Or vice versa. I've had it right. go both ways so where I. we start off as I start off as settlement counsel, but then. They end the up other in spouse, right. right. They end up in mediation or sometimes, it, you know, it's like you said, I might draft a separation agreement and then my client shares it with their spouse and then the spouse says, well, I think I want to hire an attorney too. I didn't think I wanted one, but now I kind of want somebody to look yep. at this and they might ask for my recommendation, I mean, I I welcome it when that happens because Absolutely. I can give them a list of folks who I know will honor their the hard work they're doing outside right. of court and work with them to try to keep that hard work intact. Right.
1: And I think sometimes people are scared of that switch if they're coming out of mediation and they both have attorneys and it starts to feel more like folks are settlement counsel and like they're switching to lawyer negotiation. Sometimes I think that can feel scary because it does feel to clients a lot of times, I think like it's going to become more adversarial. So that's where, you know, we just want to remind everyone listening, like there are lots of attorneys like Patrice and I out there who are really focused on out of court work, who are committed to helping you come out and stay in a non-adversarial process just because lawyers are involved The hostility doesn't
0: have to escalate. And it all has to do with the questions that you're asking. Will this attorney honor the process that we've chosen and help try to keep it intact, try to keep our agreements?
1: Right. Yeah. And I think if you're not sure, if you're sitting out there and you're not sure what type of attorney you're interviewing, the best way to clearly identify that you're working with someone who is going to help you honor the agreements and the approach that you took initially is to make sure that that person that you're working with is asking you why. Not, right. just, not just what is the agreement, but okay, I understand the agreement. Now, how did you get here? Mm. Why was this the, the solution that you two arrived at? Your, your professional who is re- representing you, your lawyer, should be asking you the same kinds of questions with the same curiosity that your mediator did. And that's how you know that you have an attorney who's really focused on that and not just someone who's gathering facts to try to make sure it fits a, a cookie cutter model that they've seen before or thinking about if this goes to court, what will it look like?
0: Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Thanks, Jen. You're welcome, Patrice. Let's keep talking. We will.